Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website and join the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. There is a lot in store in 2018 when you're part of the Travel Club. Speakingoftravel.net. Speaking of travel is brought to you by the Asheville Regional Airport. They've got five airlines, 11 nonstop destinations, connecting you anywhere, anywhere in the whole wide world. And when you fly home, you are home. And by Appalachian Realty. That's AppalachianRealty.com. Well, I'll tell you what. I am sitting here. It's a rainy day. It's a little chilly. And I have to tell you, I'm a big fan of scotch. I just, you know, you take a sip of scotch and before you know it, you're feeling all warm and tingly inside. And Scotland has just always been on my bucket list to visit because I imagine that scotch is just coming right out of the mountains, right into your glass. But you know what? Obviously, Scotland has way more going for it than just scotch. You look at the pictures anywhere of Scotland and you've got much more than kilts and bagpipes. This is a country that is full of a long, long history and miles upon miles of gorgeous landscape. Well, my guest today right here in the studio and in Scotland, I've got two guests today. Tebby Davis, a well-known and acclaimed artist, was just in Scotland last year, and he and Mark Nichols, who's sitting in Scotland right now, are here to give us the skinny on Scotland. Hey, Tebby, welcome to the show. Good morning, Marilyn. How are you? Hey, Mark. Welcome to the show in Scotland. Oh, it's so great to have you both here. So, Tebby, you were just in Scotland just last year, right? Yes, October I visited Scotland where I met up with Mark Nickel and we had a good time. Mark showed me the sights and we just started a conversation about doing it again and again and again. And that's where the idea for our Scottish Borders tours came up. Wow. So have you ever been in Scotland before? Yes, I have been there three times now in my life, uh, twice in the last decade. And uh, once when I was in my 20s when I was in the Army. Ah, are you from Scottish descent? Welsh. Welsh. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So when you were a kid with that Welsh background, did your family talk about Scotland and and Wales? Did you go visit when you were a kid until you were in the Army? It wasn't when I was in the Army. I took a time to go over there and just visit Wales because my grandfather left Wales when he was 12 years old. His parents had been killed in a motoring accident, well, a cart accident. It was 1905. And they were both killed in the accident, and he was left without a family. And he had some family in New York, a distant uncle, I believe. And so he came over all by himself on a boat. And he always talked about the Welsh land. He lived on the coast in Swansea. And this last trip, I, when I went over there, besides visiting Scotland, I actually went to his neighborhood where he grew up, which was quite an event for me. I bet it was. How how did that feel when you were there? Give us a little bit of a picture of what that was like. Well, without going into too much detail, 
I consider it a soul retrieval at the time because I actually had a moment on a craggy lava-strewn beach on the south side of Wales in a little town called Rothelslade where I actually had a moment where I actually had a vision of little kids playing in a place where there was no place for kids to play. So it was like this fold in time. And I realized in my heart that I had come home. That is so sweet. You know, I've heard stories of people who have traveled uh, to a place that maybe they didn't even know was part of their heritage or lineage uh, in this lifetime, who, when they arrived, got off the plane and knelt on the ground and kissed the ground. I've heard that story many times where people have just had this moment of feeling that this place is a place deep inside. Well, I think the earth does have uh, a certain affinity to the human race, and we are connected to the land in more ways than we even are willing to accept. Well, you know, Tebby, when you were in Scotland this last October, I was following you on Facebook and looking at your beautiful photography and your uh, commentary. You were quite the uh, narrative, narrator of your of your journey and uh, took us along on the ride, which was really very special. Were those... Um, Places specifically geared to where you wanted to be? Like, did you have a plan of action as you went forward? And my wife and I went to Scotland with no plan besides meeting Mark. We went there. We stopped at, um, uh, where was that, Mark? On Tynemouth that I was at the night before we met? Tynemouth, yeah, that was in northern England. Yeah. In northern England. And then with Mark's instruction, he guided me to Melrose, where I met him, and that was the only part of our three-week vacation that was any plan, just to meet Mark on the second day, and then have Mark and I, we just, Mark took us around the sites, and a lot of the sites that Mark took us on are on our tour in August when we go back. Well, tell us a little bit about um, how you even, you and Mark connected, both of you, you know, what was, what was the connection? Had you ever met Mark before? What was going on? Well, I will give Mark great kudos because Mark is a very accomplished filmmaker, and he has a website called Discover Scottish Borders, and he has put up over 200 videos of his own excursions and adventures and inquisitions into the history of the Scottish Borders, and I discovered those videos while doing research on what I wanted to do in Scotland. And I just became enamored of his style, his technique, and his knowledge. And I reached out to him in an email and said, hey, we're coming to Scotland. I need to know you. Mark, is this a way that you often uh, end up meeting people coming to Scotland? Yeah, I, I do meet a few people, particularly from the uh, United States of America, through my, my YouTube channel and my, my website, Discover Scottish Borders. Uh, I think the, the southern half of Scotland is a rather overlooked part of the country. Normally when people think of coming to Scotland, they think of the Highlands and perhaps Edinburgh and maybe Sky and the Islands and stuff, whereas the southern half of Scotland is, is more or less overlooked by tourists in the main. 
and, and, and in my opinion, it's you know one of the probably the richest in history and culture and heritage, the richest part of the whole of the whole country. I, I take it that you're born and raised there. Doesn't sound like you're from Brooklyn. So I'm, I'm, certainly, not, I'm certainly not American. Yes, I'm born and raised in the Scottish borders. Yes, yes. Oh, you were so, born and raised right up there in the Scottish borders, huh? In the Scottish borders, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And does your lineage go back, history-wise? Yeah, yeah, I've got ancestors in in this area way back, way back to I've traced as far back as like sixteen hundred. So, so yeah, I've got ancestors in this area way back. And you just end up meeting people from all over the world and and take them out on tours. Is that what you're besides yeah, being a I've, filmmaker? Yes, I've, I've not met so many people in person. But I meet lots of people like chatting online about uh, you know what what I'm doing in, in the Scottish Borders, and you know lots of people express an interest. But you know it, it, this this year, hopefully, we're going to take that a, bit, a stage further and, and get some people over that I've uh, that I've spoke to online who expressed an interest of coming over. And Tebby, you you are so enthusiastic to, <laughs> think? to get people over there because I, it sounds like such a beautiful place and, and a place to share. Well, one thing I really noticed, two things that are very important to me about this area, and Mark is right, it is a very overlooked region of Scotland as far as tourism goes, but it is steeped in the history of the border wars between England and Scotland going back to the Roman times. Also, the land is just magical. The misty valleys, the rolling hills, the meandering rivers. It's just a gorgeous area of the world. And you can drink scotch. Remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Hi, this is Tina Kinsey, and I'm with Asheville Regional Airport, and I've got a travel tip for you today. We get questions like, can you cancel a flight reservation and get a refund? The short answer to this question is that, in general, no, you cannot receive a refund for most tickets purchased. The only requirement by the Department of Transportation is that airlines hold a reservation for 24 hours or refund a paid ticket, even a non-refundable one, if you cancel within 24 hours of your purchase. Many tickets are non-refundable and are listed as such when you book. Be sure to read all information about the ticket you are purchasing. If you feel that there is a chance that you might need to cancel your flight, be sure to check with your airline ahead of time to determine your options. Every airline has different policies and most airlines charge fees to make changes to eligible itineraries. You may also want to consider trip insurance, which can cover your travel costs should an unexpected illness or eligible emergency occur that prevents you from being able to travel. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, 
Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars Coming up later in the show is the Gourmet Highway with our good friend Doc Lawrence. So stay tuned to Speaking of Travel. And here in the studio today is Tebby Davis. Tebby is a well-known artist, Tebby, I've got a piece of your artwork hanging in my house. I love it so much. I think you have, too. I do have, too. You're absolutely right. One was from the beach. Yes, it was. What a great trip that was. So, Tebby, we're here talking about Scotland and and the wonderful trip that you had this last time with Mark Nickel. And you were telling us that you had done the research before you went on the trip. How long do you take to do research when you go on a big, a big trip like this? When I go on a big trip, part of my uh, preparation is reading and examining and finding little tidbits of information that nobody else would find. Uh, in Peru, in Costa Rica, in Germany, anywhere that I go, I try to look for the history. And that's what I was doing with Scotland. I was just researching the different parts, because I knew what our trip was going to entail. I knew we wanted to go to certain places. And when I found Mark's videos, I just wanted more. And I reached out to him. He responded to me. We had a number of email conversations and even a couple of cross-the-Atlantic phone conversations preparing to meet. And I asked him, Mark, I'll pay you for the tour. And he goes, buy me lunch. And I thought that was just wonderful. I said, this is going to be great. So where did you fly in? We flew into London. You flew into London. And then rented a car mm-hmm. and drove up the spine of England and ended up in Tynemouth, which is a small little coastal type town. And from there, I called Mark and we made arrangements to meet the next morning. And it was raining and it was foggy. And he wanted us to go across the A68, which goes across the Scottish borders over the Hadrian's Wall, and we couldn't see anything. And that's what I said to my wife. I said, we have to come back because the rest of the trip was the borders, Edinburgh. Then we're going to go to the Highlands and do the Orkneys, and we're going to do the Hebrides, and we're going to do the whole everything we could do in two weeks. Wow. We didn't get it all done. Right. So when you met Mark... Tell us again what his website is. DiscoverScottishBorders.com. And tell us a little bit about the Scottish borders. I'm not that familiar with that even terminology. Many people aren't, but the Scottish borders is one of the states of Scotland. I believe there are eight. And the Scottish borders is that area north of England, south of Edinburgh, on the Atlantic Ocean, going all the way over to the Irish Sea. And it is just the center part of Scotland below Edinburgh. And Edinburgh and Glastonbury are side by side, separated by about 50 miles. And everything below that is the Scottish borders because it borders England. Gotcha. And that, as Mark was saying earlier, is where he was born and raised and where his lineage goes back to like the 
hundreds. I think Mark was being kind of shy. Mark's family goes back to the 600s. Yes, the 600s. And he knows all of it. Wow. And he has studied his ancestry. And it's interesting. Most people in Scotland have the same knowledge. We in America don't have that. I can go back three generations. My grandfather was born in Wales. My other grandmother was born in, in Germany. And I have one grandmother that she can trace her American heritage back to the 1700s. But beyond that, it's like a guessing game. People came here and they said, well, I'm from Germany. or I'm, He knows his family's from Galashiels, Scotland. He knows his great-great-grandfather was a cobbler or you know, he knows that stuff. And most people in Scotland do know that information. And that's what I find fascinating. Is, so, go ahead. Well, his when you met up with him, uh, we could tell he had a he has a very thick Scottish accent. Um, you think? Know, very uh, prominent. Uh, I mean, you can't miss that. It forces you to listen to him. And when you do, you realize he has a breadth of knowledge unlike any other person I know. So when you first met him, uh, you must have just fallen in love. I mean, it seems like what's not to love about that? He's like a brother I never knew. Really? Yeah. And then how long did you end up staying with him? Did he stay with you the whole time? No. One day. One day. And we did a whirlwind. We started at 9 o'clock and went to Melrose. Then we went over to Peebles. We went to um, – uh, we didn't go to Kelso. We're going to Kelso when we go back. But then we went to Stobo and saw Merlin the Magician's grave. I didn't even know Merlin the Magician yeah, you, was buried there. He was from Scotland. His whole um, history is about Scotland and Wales. But he was actually predicted his own death – Years before he died, and he died exactly the way he had predicted. Wow. And he was buried in a farmer's field by a river. And is there a marker? Yes, there's a marker there. There's a big, huge stone on the spot. And Mark knew where to take you. I think Mark knows where to take everybody. I bet. It sounds like he's got that whole area pretty smack dab down. Well, he's lived there his whole life, and it's like, how much do you know about Asheville? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's it's just foreign to us. So you went and you spent the day with Mark and he took you around to all these different areas, but you still had a big portion of your trip left to go. So and what was next? Well, after that, we went up to uh, the Highlands and spent time going through the Glencoe area, which is a beautiful Martian landscape of, of uh, Southern Highlands. And then we went out to Isle of Skye, Isle of Mull. We saw Iona. We did the whole thing up in the uh, area around uh, Port William, which was very interesting. It's an interesting little town in that it's in the middle of nowhere, yet it's a bustling little city. And there's nothing else around it. You drive through these marshes. and Scotland is the most fascinating place I've ever been to in my life. And I've been to a lot of places. So the whole time you're driving your own, your rental car? On the wrong side of the road. On the wrong side of the road. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. On the left-hand side of the road. Right. It's right. It's the right side of the road for them, but it's it's the left-hand side. It's the correct side. The correct side. It's the original side. Now, what was that like? Give us a little bit of... uh... I loved it. (laughs) I just absolutely... I love the in England in United, in United Kingdom 
all the roads intersect with roundabouts. You don't come to a stop sign. You come to a roundabout. Even on a back road, there's a little circle in the middle and you got to go around it. But it keeps the traffic moving. Unless there's a stoplight somewhere, you don't stop. You just keep moving. And the traffic is so smooth. It's fascinating. Now, we rented a car and I put my wife on the rental, but she would not get behind the wheel because she didn't like the roundabouts. It just freaked her out. Well, I think that would freak me out as well. I've never driven on that other side of the road, so I can't even imagine. And then looking at your photos of the highlands and looking at Mark's photos, it looks like there's a lot of cliffs. Yeah, the shoreline of Scotland is very interesting in that a lot of it seems to have been pushed up out of the ocean. Like something happened under the magma, under the earth, that pushed these cliffs up. It didn't erode away, but they're sticking up like a table that kind of tilted. And a lot of the coastline is cliffs. So here you are driving on the unfamiliar side of the road. (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. Along these cliffs that have great drop-offs. And country lanes with only one single track. And what about sheep and... Everywhere. Everywhere. Like they did in the road and... Well, here's an interesting tidbit that I found out. First, since 1950, the population of Scotland hasn't changed, whereas America has almost tripled in that same time frame. And currently, there are more sheep in Scotland than there are people. More sheep... In Scotland, then there are people. That's where you get the wool from. That's why they have tartan. I mean, all that wool comes from all those sheep. Well, I can tell you, I would love to be wearing one of those wool jackets or putting a wool scarf around me right now with this rainy day. And remember, you can follow Speaking of Travel on Twitter. That's hashtag SpeakTravelToMe. That's the number two, SpeakTravelToMe. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. As newcomers flock to Asheville over the last 50 years, they joined with locals to breathe new energy into the city. Marilyn Ball traces the bonds of community that give rise to Asheville today in her book, The Rise of Asheville, an exceptional history of community building. It's available at Malaprops, Barnes & Noble, Loft on Broadway, and Amazon.com. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away. Starting at Asheville Regional Airport, fly Allegiant, American, Delta, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. 
Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars Back with us today is my good friend, Doc Lawrence. He's out on the Gourmet Highway. Hey, Doc, where are you today? Hello, Marilyn, from Nashville. This is Music City, USA, and old Doc and the Gourmet Highway are having a ball. Everything here is bright lights and country music and what they call hot chicken. If you ain't tried it, fasten your seatbelt. It's fried chicken with some real kick caused by cayenne pepper. I started the day with coffee this morning where I'm staying at the luxurious Hermitage Hotel, a top landmark hotel in America. A favorite American presidents, uh, President Kennedy and Mrs. Kennedy stayed here. Theodore Roosevelt stayed here. Uh, and this was the home of the great Minnesota Fats. The pool shark, uh, played by Jackie Gleason in Hollywood, who could really shoot some great billiards when you gave him a chance. It's a luxurious place filled with marble, brass, crystal, and, and uh, a lot of polish and shine. Downtown Nashville is alive, Maryland. This place rocks. You call it country music, but it's American music. There's clubs, bars, concert halls, museums. They sit side by side with top restaurants. This is a walking city. It's very much like New Orleans. You can, if you want to, you can walk most anywhere. Uh, I'm a little daring, so I took a chance and had some of that hot chicken, and uh, it did clear my throat and my sinuses. But you got to take, you got to try that when you're over here, Marilyn. It's a lot of fun. Uh, th- this afternoon, I'm heading over to one of the top art centers in the country, the Frist Center, which is an old post office art deco that was saved from the wrecking ball. And now some of the greatest paintings by masterpieces of the earth are occupy these walls. And it is a beautiful attraction. Later on, you know where I'm going, the Country Music Hall of Fame. I'm on a tour, all of the exhibits of Bob Dylan, Johnny Cash, and my hero, Hank Williams. You can call it country music if you want to. This is American music. Remember that. Uh, right around the corner, of course, is the mother church of all music in America, the Ryman Auditorium. They're celebrating 125 years now. Uh, I've had the pleasure of writing about it. I visited there. I've got members of my own family that actually performed there years ago, and it is a treat for this old Atlanta boy to be here and to tour and enjoy such a wonderful facility. Maryland, just outside of Nashville, is the great city of Franklin. You can call it a bedroom community if you want to, but this ancient place is perfectly preserved. I have wonderful family here. I love visiting here because, again, it's got a great city square, and it's got a place called The Factory where restaurants abound, recording studios are just about everywhere, and you can do some first-class celebrity sighting here. Is that Nicole Kidman walking in the front door over there? I don't know, but I'm going to go ask and find out. This place is fun. There's more fun ahead in the upcoming weeks as the Gourmet Highway goes through your city and Doc will be there. Marilyn, that's about all for this week from Nashville and Music City. And I'll see you and everyone else somewhere in the South.
Thanks, Doc. It's so great to hear from you. We'll look forward to hearing from you next time on the Gourmet Highway. We just came from Nashville, and now we're going back to Scotland with my guest, Tebby Davis. Tebby, what a magical trip it sounds like you you spent with your wife these in October on this wonderful journey to Scotland. Oh, it was. It created a, uh, a need in me to go back. So now you've met up with Mark. You've made this relationship. He's the brother you never had. You've got this connection. When did you decide to, to talk to Mark about doing a trip, a tour together? While I was still in Scotland. Mark and I had continued the relationship while I was there. And I would send him texts and send him pictures because... Truth be known, Mark's never been north of of Edinburgh. He's never been to the Highlands, the Orkneys, the the islands. He just has never had the need, the opportunity, or the desire to travel around his own country. So I sent him in pictures, and he's like, that's exciting. That's exciting. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's pretty. I know that place. I've heard about that. And I said, well, I'm going to come back. Let's do a tour. I'll bring people. You can be the tour guide, and I'll be the. I'll facilitate the whole happen. And then after that tour, let's go to the Highlands together. You, your wife, me, and my wife, and we'll go to the Highlands and we'll go visit. And that's what we're going to do. Oh, that's what you're going to do. Yeah, that's so, my plan. Th- that sounds like a great plan. Well, tell us more. Well, tell us more about this trip and how trip- people can get involved. Well, great. It's it's something that I've done before, and I'd like to do it in Scotland. It's a great idea. And we're going to do a trip similar, but longer than what Mark and I did when I was there with him. Again, in a town called Kelso, which is a very ancient town, gorgeous, gorgeous little village with some old castle-like structures in the downtown region. And it's got a quaint little cobblestone shops and people out sweeping in the streets in the morning, and it's just gorgeous. And from Kelso, we're going to be taking trips uh, in the highlands. We're going to go see some ancient stone circles, and we're going to see some ancient civilizations that grew and faded from the time of the Roman conquest. The Romans were in this area back in the time of Jesus, building walls, separating, because Scotland was a very wild country, and it was populated by people called the Scotties, and the Picts and the Irish were in Scotland, but they were very nomadic and, you know, agriculturally based. They weren't really into cities. And when the Romans came in, they wanted to keep the heathens out. So they built this big, long wall, like the wall, Great Wall of China, across the middle of the island. And it's called Hadrian's Wall. And we'll be visiting Hadrian's Wall while we're there. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, which there aren't that many of. But this is, you know, going to never change. And I'm looking forward to that. I've I've only gone by it three or four times. I've never gotten out of the car and walked it. And we're going to be doing some walking. So those that want to come on a tour, bring your hiking boots. That sounds lovely. So then what else? How long is this trip? The trip will be eight days and seven nights, going from a Saturday to a Saturday. We'll be picking people up in Edinburgh. And bringing them to Kelso, and then spend three nights in Kelso, and then we'll go to the town of Melrose, where we'll see Melrose Abbey, Jedburgh, Dryburgh, and some cathedrals, some ancient ruins. And from there, we'll be going to a town called Peebles, and Peebles is on the Tweed River, which is a meandering river that 
traverses the entire country of Scotland. And in this area, the Scottish borders, it is just this wild, beautiful valley of meandering rivers. And it's beautiful. And will people, um, what kind of transportation are you going to provide? We've hired a chauffeur-driven bus that holds 20 people. And we'll be able to take luggage in there and everything will be taken care of from the moment they're with us to the moment they leave. They don't have to worry about driving or walking or we'll get them everywhere they need to go. Oh, that sounds lovely. So how many people are you um, hoping will be going on this trip? We're looking for anywhere from 15 to 20 people. Right, to fill up the van. Fill up the van. I already have five people who have committed to it. Oh, good. So we have spots available. Now, is there some place somebody could go to find out more about the tour? Yes, we have a Facebook page. Mark's site is Discover Scottish Borders. We have the website, discoverscottishborders.com. And on that site, there is a uh, menu item called Services. You click on that. The first thing that comes up is Guided Tours. All the information is there. If you want to get more information... You fill in the contact nodes, and I will get with you, and we can discuss it. And any questions you have, I'm, I'm there to help, and we're just looking to have a good time. Well, it sounds like a wonderful time, and people who are here in Asheville can certainly fly in and out of the Asheville Regional Airport. They have connections anywhere Absolutely. in the whole wide world, and when they get home, they're home. Ridge Motorcycling Magazine is a quarterly guide to the best rides and most interesting riders. Available in newsstands and at BlueRidgeMotorcyclingMagazine.com. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with my guest, Tebby Davis. We're right here in the studio today, but wishing I was up in the Scottish Highlands, I can tell you that. It sounds like it's just, you know, it's been on my bucket list someplace I've always wanted to go. Um, I've been to England, just never got up to Scotland. Someday it's going to be the place to go. So, Tebby, we were talking about... The history of Scotland. Mark was talking about his lineage, his family, the history going way back. You're talking about just, you know, people there being able to know their lineage and their not only in their hearts, but in the history. They they they've been there all their lives. People before them have been there all their lives. There's a long history going back in Scotland. But 
Talk a little bit about the mystery part. That always is so intriguing. Well, we talked about Merlin before, and Merlin is a a, a fictional style of character because it was he was around in 900 AD and not many people were writing down too much so there was a lot of oral history that was passed down and maybe glorified maybe fictionalized a little bit we don't know for sure but there is a person who they know was that character the mystery part of it goes through the next six or seven hundred years where there was so much going on in that area of the United Kingdom where there were battles, there were wars, there were slaughters on a regular basis, almost generationally. A group would come in and the Saxon would fight with the Normans, the Normans would fight with the Scots, the Scots would fight with the British, and the Catholics would fight against the Protestants, and they would wipe out entire communities to take over one cathedral. Then the next person would come in and knock the cathedral down and leave it as rubble as a warning to the next group that wanted to come in and take over, and this is what's going to happen to you, type of warning. And that has remained the case to this day. You can go into a little village, and up on a hill, there is a castle with no roof, and half the walls are gone. But the people are saying, oh, that's Smellhorn Tower. That's where such and such happened in 1642 in May on a cold morning. My family was, <laughs> they know this stuff cold. And Americans don't have that sense of lineage and history. And that's what I find so fascinating and mysterious. You go into an abbey, Melrose Abbey, and in the back in a courtyard, there's a little plaque on the ground. And it's a shape of a heart. And you read the little plaque and you say, well, who is Robert the Bruce? And why is his heart buried here and not his body? And his body's 100 miles away. Well, the story is that Robert the Bruce died in battle. And his goal, his, his life's wish was to have himself buried in Jerusalem. And this was the time of the, the conquest, the inquisitions, the... They would travel to Jerusalem, and his group was taking his heart to bury it in Jerusalem, and they were beat up, for lack of a better word, by the the Spanish Moors. But they fought so bravely, the Spanish Moors allowed them to take their dead and wounded back to England. So they brought Robert the Bruce's heart back to England and buried it in Melrose Abbey. Wow, that's quite a story, and and I imagine that that's why they refer to this land as sacred, as sacred land. Not to be morbid, but it is a blood-soaked soil. It holds the history of all these people, and that's why a lot of it has not been gentrified, has not been developed. It's left as farm fields, as rolling hills, as meandering rivers. And you can stand on a hillside and look down 50 miles down a valley to a hill, to a hill or mountain in the distance and realize you're looking at the same scene that was there 500 years ago. That must really be so moving. Oh I mean, my. how does, what's the impact when you're standing on that sacred land? Emotional. For me, it's, it's just emotional. I, I just tear up almost. It's to be able to look at something. I mean, you stand on a hillside in Nashville, you can say, well, 10 years ago, that wasn't there. That wasn't there. And oh, that's changed. 
It's not the case there. You can look back at village landscapes, and nobody's built a 20-story building in the middle of a village. They do it all in Edinburgh and Glasgow. Well, when you when you gave us the statistic that there are more sheep than people, <laughs> I think that sums up a lot about this country. <laughs> a lot. So the people who are there sound like just lovely, friendly people. Did you have that experience that everywhere you went? Everywhere. There's not one. Even recently, I've been making these arrangements, and I've been talking to some of the hotel people. And some of the hotels we're staying in, I've gotten some wonderful deals. And they're very good hotels, some of the best in the country. And one hotel we're staying in is called the Ednam House in Kelso, and it was built in 1761. And it sits on top of a hill overlooking the river, and it has a, a yard that is manicured and just beautiful. And on the front of the building, I have a circular driveway that enters out onto a cobbled street where there's a village with shops that have been in business for literally hundreds of years. Now, they don't sell the same thing they sold 100 years ago, but they're still the same ownership. And it certainly would be a great place, like you said, to buy your wool and scarves. and Oh, scarves, hats, trinkets, kilts, scotch. Well, let's get back to that scotch. You know... <laughs> I came in talking about it. I'm a big fan. I've actually had some good scotch from Scotland, uh, was gifted some really nice scotch. So is that part of, um, as you're touring about, will there be scotch there, tastings? Yes, there. we will have time in every town where we're going to have a group dinner and wine tasting, scotch tasting. I have to tell you, though, I'm not really the one to talk to about drinking scotch because it's been 23 years for me, and I'm not going to start, but I can facilitate someone else enjoying it. Well, you know that I would be right there to take that role on. <laughs> Good. Right. I'm going to need you. So you've got these great hotels lined up. Yep. You've got a wonderful mode of transportation. It sounds like a nice, comfy kind of van type of accommodation and driving. And we're going to have music. We've lined up places to go to see local music, which is absolutely fascinating to see these people play instruments that you don't recognize and make them sing. Right. Well, I'll tell you, you know, Asheville in Western North Carolina has a strong Scotch-Irish um, uh, background and... Right here in our own studio, we have somebody who comes from that background, Randy, right? A long time ago. A long time ago. But I like the scotch, too. Okay. Well, I had to bring Randy in, so, you know, he sits here and produces the show, but he's got that lineage going on. And you that, have a kilt? No. No. No I, kilt. Uh, enough scotch will make me get one, though. Okay. Well, good. We'll see you there, Tebby. Randy might be a good candidate, too, to Randy, take on this. you trip. have to get a kilt. You have to get a kilt. So, Tebby, you and Mark, it sounds like you're creating a really great uh, tour. This is going to happen when? It's August 25th to September 1st of this year. Of this year, 2018. Mm -hmm. So there's really a lot going on to get prepared. And when can people start signing up? You have the sign up. It's all ready it's to go? Live on the live on the website right now. It's just an information sheet. Uh, I have 
the Facebook page. I have flyers I have. We have the website. And we're going to be doing signups as soon as possible. I have five people already. I love that. And tell us again the website. Visit Discover, I'm sorry, discoverscottishborders.com. Discoverscottishborders.com. Now, is that where the border collie comes from? Yes, it is. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) There you go. So you've got the sheep, you've got the border collies, you've got the tour, you've got Tebby, you've got Mark. I mean, it sounds like a no-brainer to me, Tebby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has really been a lot of fun. I feel like we've learned a lot about the Scottish history, um, opened up a lot of uh, new ideas we can start thinking about. We can do the research like you did when you went on your trip. Absolutely. And, I recommend it. And you recommend it. DiscoverScottishBorders.com. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, sign up. This is going to be a great time to start thinking about taking a trip, doing something different, get out of your comfort zone if you need to. Tebby, any last words on, on Scotland? I can't wait. He can't wait. We can't wait. I want you to go out and have a wonderful week. Be thinking about the the wool and the scarves and the hats and Everything that you can bring back with you to keep you warm right here in our Western North Carolina winter. And remember, when you go out, don't postpone joy. 